Hey guys, it's Jason Webb. This is the show that highlights local business leaders and the movers and shakers of Minnesota. Welcome to Minnesota Made. What's up, Minnesota? It's Jason Webb, and I am at CCI located in New Hope, Minnesota. CCI stands for Conductive Containers, Inc. Across from the table is Brad Alm, the president of the company. How are you doing, Brad? I'm doing fantastic, Jason. How about yourself? I'm good, thank you. And the lovely Melanie is co-hosting with me. How are you doing, Melanie? I'm great. Thank you for having me again. You're welcome. And uh, okay, guys, um, CCI, conductive. So think electricity. Containers, think shipping or storage or some sort. You're going to put it in a container, right? Now, Brad, the way I understand this is there are things out there such as a motherboard and a computer or who knows, there's all kinds of things that are highly sensitive to any kind of static electricity. And when I think of static electricity, I think of being a kid, rubbing my feet across the carpet and touching a friend and generating a spark or rubbing a a balloon on my head and making my hair stand up. Static electricity can wreak havoc on certain materials. And it is now your job, Brad, to prevent that havoc from happening by providing the right type of packaging, shipping containers, and that type of thing. I don't know. Did I do it any justice, Brad? Can you kind of tell the listeners uh, a little more clearly what it is that you guys do? Yeah, sure. So as you stated, static can damage uh, an electronic component or device at any stage of manufacturing. So for us, it's our goal to provide static safe materials that they can handle and package these goods in. So it might be it might be a shielding container that can go on a truck and it, and it could see any kind of static charge or it could be just a tray that's designed not to produce a charge in a static safe environment. Okay, Melanie, did you get all that? Barely. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, and you guys deal with, you know, cardboard that's been painted or, you know, covered in a certain coating to prevent those charges from happening. You guys deal with plastic. Again, I, I think some of the plastic was also coated in a special anti-static electric charge type coating. You deal with the foam packing. You deal with plastics inside of the inside of the containers themselves. And one thing that I found interesting, you threw out some numbers earlier on the tour, is that when you touch somebody um, and there's a spark or a shock, right? And, you're, and, and you, the person you touch is like, oh my God, you shocked me. That right there is about 5,000 volts of electricity or sometimes even more, I think. And the materials that you guys are... I guess, dealing with and creating custom packaging form for them. Those materials are so sensitive to static electricity that even a 5, 10, 20 volt charge could negatively affect them. Is that That's right? right, yeah. Yeah. The history of this company I found really interesting. Not only your history, but the history of the company. And uh, I guess, you know, could you tell me a little bit about the company, how this got going, and uh, you know who is the, who is the mastermind behind all this, and that have figured out, hey, if I do this to this box, 
you know, it's not going to carry a charge. Yeah, I wish I could say I was the mastermind, but yeah, I wasn't. Not, you know. uh, I'm just not old enough to have been the mastermind. <laughs> this company was started in 1978. 78. And there was a gentleman who was a paint salesman in Chicago, and he listened to his customer. And his customer said, hey, if you could put this paint on a corrugated box, you would really have something. And he was smart enough to go home, contact an attorney, write it up and pull a U.S. patent. And um, that was that was how he started. Yeah. Did he start painting boxes himself? Well, for practice, he did. And then he took it to another factory and, and uh, they had actual coating machinery that you could do it with. So, yeah. so anybody who's listening, try not to think of people with paintbrushes putting this on. It's <laughs> actually coating equipment. And yeah. So then what happened? This guy, I think he said, stuck around for about, I don't know, a few years, made all kinds of money, checked out and uh, somebody else took over. Is that right? Yeah, so then uh, he he brought on a guy right after he got his patent. He brought on a guy to market it for him. And then uh, I think probably four or five years later, that guy bought the company and they were in Chicago. And we became familiar with him, became friends with him. And in 1984, he inspired us to start our own company, Dynamic Packaging, to represent Chicago company CCI up in the Minnesota market. So how did you know that guy? I and mean, you got to know him and you're like, hey, I, maybe I should start a company and, get, and kind of get on board with this. Like, you guys, you know, on the same baseball team or something or how, how that no, happened? So I had been with a packaging, my, myself and my partner had been with a packaging company beforehand. And, and uh, he was approaching uh, Minnesota packaging companies to look for a potential distributor. Huh. Okay, so then you and I think you said your 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 buddy from second grade, right? Uh, decided, yeah, let's uh, let's get in a little room and smoke cigarettes and put boxes together. Is that kind of what you're doing in there? Yeah, it was more like let's get in a room. You smoke cigarettes. <laughs> I I eventually get cancer, and hopefully we make a career out of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what were you guys doing in that room? Were you I don't know. Besides this cigarette smoking, what were you assembling boxes? I mean, what were you guys doing in there? So we really weren't in there that often. We were out selling. Okay, you know, you were so sales guys. We were sales guys, and and back in the day, Minnesota, wow, it was you know home to Honeywell, Control Data, oh, Unisys yeah. had big plants down here. IBM had four million square feet in Rochester. Big like players. That. Yeah. Oh, there was a lot of well, it's it's a brain power market. So there was a lot of electronics being developed. Cray Research in Minnesota. And were you guys in Chicago when you started? No, we were in Minnesota. You were in Minnesota. Yeah. So so you and your buddy were like, okay, look at all these electronic type devices being manufactured in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. They got to ship them, right? right? Yep. So let's capitalize. Oh, for sure. We were excited when we saw this invention. We just thought this could be something really good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you you and your buddy start the company, and uh, it was just you and him. What has happened since? Now it's more than just you and your buddy here. You know, it's this is a big place. That tour took a little while. We went from building to building <laughs> and floor to floor, and you got a lot going on here. What what has been that progression? Uh, you know, along the years. What year was it that you and your your friend started your own business? So we started Dynamic Packaging in 1984. In 84, right? Okay. And then we got bought out by CCI, the, the company we are now. We got bought out uh, in 89. Okay, well, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you, you knew the guy at yeah. CCI. And mm -hmm. you're like, hey, I love your product. 
as a matter of fact, I want to help you sell it and expand the Minnesota territory. And then that guy, a few years later, comes and says, you guys are doing great. I'm just going to buy you out, basically. Correct. Because at the time, they didn't have any manufacturing capabilities. And we were starting to do some assembly and different things with the product that he liked. So he just charged us to go ahead and, and pick up a little bit more equipment and start a little bit more of a factory for them. They were working all out of licensees producing just the core stat material that I showed you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Started in 84. You got bought out in 89 by CCI. Yep. And then you went to work for CCI, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. And then what? You just kind of worked your way up the ladder and eventually you landed in the president seats or what happened there? Well, it wasn't a tall ladder at the time. It was a pretty small company. <laughs> uh, but it, we did what, what we felt was a good job. And, and really, uh, honestly, we we did nothing better than just be honest and fair with the owner. And so when it came time where he wanted to sell the company, he came and asked us if we wanted to buy it. You and your buddy from second grade. Right. But we, what year was that? 94. 94. Yeah. So 10 years later, after you originally started your what was the name of your first company there? Dynamic Packaging. Dynamic Packaging. Yeah. Okay. Ten years later, now you you now you're the owner of CCI. Us and uh, and and four other employees along okay. with us. Yep. Okay. At the time. All right. So this is eight. That's eighty four. And can you kind of take me from eighty four to present day? Are those other owners, you know, still owning it, or are you you a hundred percent owner? And I mean, what what's going on now? And what have what's happened as far as the product line from the early days to now? Yeah. So the original company was like Ford described the Model T. If you like black, we have it in black. Uh, that was, we had, we had that, right? So what Paul, my partner uh, of, of many years and I did was we developed plastics manufacturing capability, uh, foam fabricating f- uh, capability, and just a wide range of things that went with that good invention that we saw a future to so many years ago. So Corestat, that was the mm-hmm. first kind of product right. line. And that's right. the, that's the corrugated boxes that yep. are painted black. Yep. Conduct, right. Yeah. Don't. Use that word paint. <laughs> coated. Coated black. They're coated black. That's right. Thanks. Sorry, Jason. I don't mean to pick on you, but they're coated black. Yeah, Corstat. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's the first product line. Yep. And then you guys expanded into plastics mm-hmm. and the foam inside of the shipping containers. Correct. Right? Yep. Anything else? Is that kind of like what you guys are doing now? That's where it's gone to? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, it's going to change tomorrow. We, we do about 2,000 designs a year. Yeah, that's uh, amazing. So we just do what people ask us to do, and, and we just listen. Yeah, 2,000 designs a year. So most of your business, 80-plus percent, it sounds like, it's having to custom design the packaging for whatever product they're trying to ship or store or whatever right. it is they're trying to do with it. Exactly. And you're doing over 2,000 of those a year. Yeah, designs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, what? Where's the future headed? Are you guys expanding into some other kind of a shipping container material, coating it with something else, some kind of new product line that you want to talk about, or yeah. where are things headed here? Yeah. So it turns out that over the years, you know, as we developed our manufacturing capabilities, we just have a fantastic plant manager crew. 
and engineers. And so we've decided more recently that, hey, we can take this into commercial plastics. So it's the same exact process that makes an ESD container that can make a container for soap or a battery or who knows mm. what. So mm -hmm. we're, we'll be thermoforming in the future. A lot of our growth will be thermoforming for commercial markets. So you'll be making packaging for, and when, the way I would phrase that is, you know, in, the, in the, my simple mind is, you'd be producing packaging for, I guess, items that aren't sensitive to static electricity. Right? Sure we will, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, cool. Now, right uh, now you have some cool products that I saw. Something about bath bombs and teenagers that came up with it or something? We're looking at, and this is a local Minnesota company that's done well, and uh, they produce a lot of volume. And so we're, we're looking at all opportunities in the commercial field where they can use thermoforming. And these girls started their company at like 15? Yeah, no kidding. Wow. I wish I would have started that young. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. And they're doing well. Yes. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit more about Brad Alm. Everybody is, I guess, I, I imagine sitting on the edge of their chair wanting to know your backstory. Like, where are you from? What was the childhood like? What, what were you doing before you got involved in this type of industry? And you talked a little bit about what led you there. But And for that young entrepreneur who is in junior high who wants to someday own their own company, yeah. what kind of advice would you give to somebody like that? Yeah, just dream, work hard, and be honest. Yeah? It's not that, it's, there's no rocket science yeah. to it. And of course, you know, I mean, for me, it's just a blessing. I have no idea how I got here. I just, I'm here. Yeah. So. Yeah. And uh, the work hard piece, what, what's your typical day like? Are you, are you one of those early, early risers, the first one in the office, last one to leave type thing, or those days behind you? Or, I mean, can you talk a little bit more what that, what that means to you as far as working hard? Yeah. Well, when Paul and I started Dynamic Packaging, we just never left the place, really. I mean, we, unless we were out on a sales call, we were back in the plant assembling the product. Yeah. You know, and the next morning we'd get up, try to, get the glue off of our hands and go in and make sales calls. So that was the way it was. But now, I mean, we've got a great staff. So it's, for me, it's pretty easy. I'm, I'm in here, I'm having fun. I'm here probably eight hours a day and I leave it here and I don't talk about it at night. Yeah. It's just the yeah. way it is. Yeah, but those early days, those those were long hours. And do you say that went on for a couple a couple of years? Would you say were you really kind of yeah, busting I, your hump? Yeah, I would say three, four, five years. And and you know, of course, the hard work continued for years after, but it it's gotten less arduous over time. Yeah, you know, prior in, in my earlier life, I was a chiropractor, and then no, right? no kidding, right, right, I, I'd be a target audience for you. <laughs> <laughs> you got some back problems, do you, Brad? Possibly, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, I started three chiropractic clinics and then I got involved with an insurance and those early days of getting a business going, I, I you know, I, I said I narrow it down to about a year and a half of my latest business where for that year and a half, I got up before the sun got up. I was in the office. I went home late at night when the sun was down. I was living on caffeine, eating crappy food, not working out, not taking care of myself. And, uh, I, I, you know, I tell people that that first year and a half probably took about 10 years off my life. It was a grind for me. Maybe I, I mean, maybe I'm a little slow. Maybe, you know, I didn't, I didn't do it the right way. But if somebody would have told me, if you want to 
work for a year and a half, make no money. As a matter of fact, I went through about $100,000 in working capital during that year and a half. So I lost money. And eventually, someday, someday, you'll be president and you'll be making some, you know, some decent money and have a bunch of employees. If somebody would have presented that to me and were honest, I'd have been like, nah, probably not. I'm going to go work for Brad. You know, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna punch in the clock, work nine to five and uh, collect my paycheck because that was horrible. I, was it similar for you or, or not that bad? Oh, for sure. I mean, I, <laughs> it, oh, totally. As yeah. of a few years ago, I wished I would have worked for somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any specific hurdles that you had to overcome in your early years or even recently? Yeah. So, I mean, we got hit hard by a couple of the economic slumps. For sure, the 2001 uh, range. Is that the dot-com bust? It was the dot-com bust, but probably less familiar people are with just the offshoring that took place during that time, uh, the U.S. electronics business basically shipped to China, loaded up and moved itself to China. And so at the time, we just thought we're done. Mm. But sometimes perseverance works because what ended up happening was really the best thing that could ever happen was because at the time, the U.S. market, you could be in San Jose, California and have the same packaging business we had and have plenty of marketplace right within 50 miles of your business to go ahead and be in that business. But now with most of it being offshored, we have to go all over the country to get that business and local packaging companies really come to us for those solutions. Because when I say local, somebody from San Jose, somebody from Texas, somebody from New York might come to us and say, hey, can you Uh, develop a solution for my customer here in New York or Texas or San Jose because they don't have enough of a customer base in any of those localities to put the types of things in place you saw here. Hmm. And I remember uh, on that one floor, there were like little areas or offices uh, that were, I guess, for individuals that worked in a particular area of the world. And Mm -hmm. I'm assuming those people are bilingual and they can speak the local language there. Is that how that works? Yeah. So just the person from Mexico, if somebody calls in from China, we don't have... No? Okay. We don't have anybody that speaks Chinese here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. But yeah. Are you able to mention any of the end user clients that you've worked with? I remember one in particular that travels the space, maybe? Yeah, sure. So, you know, it's (laughs) been part of the businesses. It's so fun because, you know, we've been able to work with Apple and SpaceX and, you know, Lockheed Martin and Northrop Grumman and a lot of the big players at Tesla, you know, that are making really cool things. So we've seen a lot of, we can't speak about the things. We can say the names, but those customers have been great for us and hopefully vice versa. Have you ever spoke to Elon? Elon and I are not are not tight, oh, no. uh, but we're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let me, uh, I, I guess I want to paint a picture. So let's say I am Elon and I have this product that I need shipped across the world and it's sensitive to static electricity. I would then give you guys a call and basically describe what I need, probably send you the product so you can do some type of custom foam fitting for it, get a lot of details, speak to one of your engineers about, you know, the durability of the the container itself. And, 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 you know, I probably get asked a bunch of questions so you can design the right end product. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Well, is there anything that you want to bring up um, about the company that we haven't touched on yet? I mean, I don't want to cut you short, but I just want to, you know, throw it out there in case there's something else you want to say. Yeah. About well, it. if there's anything I could say is the secret is in the people. Yeah. It's not, it's not the owner. No. It's the people that are doing the stuff on a day-to-day basis. So yeah. uh, anything that's happened here is it's just the people. Yes. Uh, and, and the better, you know, over time, that's the great thing is, we went from the two of us and we were able to get people that were different than us, that had different skills than us, that built the company up. And yeah. that's been, that's really been the most fun part about it, really. And regarding the people, has mm-hmm. this uh, tight labor market affected you at all with this whole COVID thing going on or not necessarily? Not too much. On the production side, if we were to have turnover, which we don't have a lot of, mm. then I think we would experience a difficult time getting uh, production labor. But right now it's been okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. Well, there you have it, guys. Brad Alm, CCI, located in New Hope, Conductive Containers, Inc. If you have a product that needs to be shipped and it is sensitive to static electricity, these are the guys. Very, very good at what they do. There's not many people out there that can do what they can do, uh, if anybody. Uh, It's very, very niche, I guess, product line that they offer. So give them a call. Can I throw this office phone number out there, Brad? Sure. 763-537-2090. Again, that's 763-537-2090. And I'm sure your website's on here. There it is. C-O-R-S-T-A-T.com. Again, that's C-O-R-S-T-A-T.com. Brad, I appreciate you being on Minnesota Made, and I wish you all the best. Thanks, Jason and Melanie. Thank you. That's it, guys. If you know of a Minnesota business leader or a mover and shaker that you feel would be a great guest, please have them go to minnesotamadepodcast.com and have them apply for the show. Thanks for listening, Minnesota. Minnesota.